ending our second week of Romans, we have again Pastor Ben Curtis Buchanan, campus pastor, uh, a man of the people. <laughs> Happy to sit down with you again. You're going through Romans 6, but before we get there, uh, tell us why ministry. Uh, tell us, you know, kind of uh, what, what, why, you know, you said you've been pastoring for 20 years. What happened? Yeah, so I was in, uh, I was a freshman in college at MTSU, and uh, God had just been kind of tugging on my heart for months, if not maybe a year or so. Just, um, and the sense that I got is that He wanted more of me, um, and I, you know, wasn't really actively pursuing Him the way I should be. And and as I began to read, open up God's Word and read it, uh, it just came alive. And it was, it was really the Book of Romans. It was Romans chapter uh, ten, which says. Um, how 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 will people hear unless a preacher is sent? Unless someone preaches to them, and it was that was one of the key scriptures that really um, solidified uh, my call to to the ministry. Well, thank you for sharing, my friend. You did you get Romans? Are you going to be sharing Romans ten later on with us, or or that? I think I'm going to be sharing Romans chapter twelve. Oh, oh so you missed the opportunity yeah. there. Oh, Greg, your boss, basically. Your cut, boss cut basically feet out cut from your feet out. But this from was this is a good one too, and this was uh, this scripture Romans six was very foundational for me uh, when I was in college as well. So I'm excited about it. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. You're doing verses one through fourteen. That's right. All right, take it away, my friend. You know, uh, so as I said, uh, when I was in college, um, I remember reading this chapter for the first time, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But when we hear stories of how people came to know Christ, they range from two ends of a spectrum. You know, on one side, you have the person who grew up in church, and they came to know the Lord at an early age. Uh, your mom and dad, maybe they passed on the gospel to you and explained it, and you responded uh, by trusting in Christ. And then ever since then, you've walked with God most of your days. And if that's your story, by the way, that's a, that's a miracle. That's really an awesome story and awesome testimony. But, you know, on the other side of that is the person who's living with a, a rebellious life and, you know, maybe drinking and partying and sleeping around. But, but then they're confronted with the gospel, kind of like Paul on the road to Damascus. And in that moment, something happens and, and they're just completely changed and they're different. But, you know, for most of us, uh, our story is a lot messier than that. Um, you know, you, you came to faith in Christ, but, but soon you found out that your old habits are, are hard to break, and, and now you find yourself in this unending pattern. You know, I, this is kind of where I was at as a freshman in college. You know, uh, you do good for 48 hours, and then sin trips you up. And, and the only difference now is, though, now that you're a believer, uh, you used to not feel guilty about it. But now when that happens, you're convicted, and, you know, you cry out to God, and He forgives you, and you're restored. And then everything's great for about another 48 hours, and then you blow it again. And, you know, it's kind of like it reminds me of, of the old movie Groundhog Day, you know, kind of gone bad. Uh, every day you're, you're waking up to the same pattern. And finally you just get to this point where this is where I was at, just what's wrong with me? And I think one of the, one of the reasons that that happens is that uh, we, we misunderstand the gospel. Um, you know, we've talked about justification, and justification just means that we are, we are made right with God, we are forgiven. It's more about our position before God. We're found not guilty, and uh, if, if you're saved, this happened in the past, but, 
But there's also a, another part to our salvation, and that is our sanctification. And to, the word sanctify means to be set apart. And so here's what that means. Uh, and I never really got this until I read Romans 6. The gospel not only saves us by bringing us into that right relationship with God, that's justification, but the gospel also saves us by continually sanctifying us and making us more like Christ. And so Romans 6, for me, it became one of the most convicting and at the same time one of the most comforting passages that I've ever read. So let's dive in. Um, chapter 6, uh, he asked this. He says, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And I want you to look at Paul's response in verse 2. He says, by no means we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And so uh, what he's saying here is that when we come to Christ, we now have a new master. Um, and you know that phrase that uh, really struck me is when he says, we are those who have died to sin. And I don't know what your life is like, but when sin comes across my radar, uh, I feel very much alive. I don't feel dead at all. So, so what does he mean by us being dead to sin? Well, before we came to faith, sin was basically our king. Sin was our master. But once we are saved, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, the power of sin over us, it dies, and we now have a new master. And because of that, verse 3, we have a new identity. Um, look, look there. It says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So when we put our faith in Christ, our, our old identity dies and we have a new identity. We're now united with Christ and, and everything that's true about him is true about us. Roman, I mean, uh, chapter verse four, chapter six, verse four, it actually points back to the cross. And then at the same time, it's pointing us forward to this, to this new life. He says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, and the assumption is we have because we're believers, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So, you know, I think especially for younger believers, it's important to realize that you will have sin patterns in your life as you start your spiritual journey. And, you know, I think it's good to know verses like 1 John 1, 9, which says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's good to know that because we need forgiveness regularly. But what Paul is saying here is that that cycle of the same sin again and again and again and again that's not the design of the spiritual life. And so the gospel gives us a whole new pattern uh, for our lives. And, and this is what it looks like beginning in verse 6, this new pattern. It has three different components to it. And, and the first one is this. Um, you, we have to know, we have to know something. We have to know that we're dead to the mastery of sin. Verse 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So when we become believers, sin is still very much present. And we don't want to give the impression here that once we become believers that we, we don't sin anymore. That's not true. Sin is very much present. But what Paul is saying, we're no longer obligated to obey sin. I think a, an illustration might help us here. You know, for those of you that grew up playing sports, you know that you know, our coaches expected certain things out of us, right? So if they say run, you do what? You run. And if they call a practice at 5.30 in the morning, you go. But then if you're like me, what happened? You graduate, you, you move on to college, you get your first job, 
you get married, you settle down, you have kids. So now you're 30 years old, and so let me ask a question. What if, what if your old coach calls you up and says, hey, meet me at the practice field tomorrow at 5 a.m.? Now, you could go, and you could do whatever he tells you to do, but everyone else is going to say, that guy's an idiot. I mean, that, that coach has no authority in his life anymore. Why would he do that? And, and it's no different with sin. You know, before we place our faith in Christ, when, when sin called, we answered why? Because we really didn't have any power in us. There was not sufficient power in us to do battle with, with our flesh and against sin. When sin said, show up, you showed up. But once you place your faith in Christ Jesus, once you're given this new nature, you have this new master, this new identity, there's this new pattern, the mastery of sin is now broken. So, so yes, you can go and live that old life again if you want, but the rest of us are going to look at you and say, why, why would you do that? If you're in Christ... Sin is no longer your master. Why would you go back and, and submit to sin as if it's your king when it's, when it's not? Look at verses 8 through 9. He says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. And so he's showing us that it's the cross that makes this new pattern, this new way of life possible. We, we need to know what he's done for us. We need to know the, the truth that in Christ we're free from this obligation to sin. Sin no longer has power. But, but then he says to us in verses 10 through 11, live in a way, we need to live our lives in a way that affirms what Christ has done for you. Um, he says in verse 10, the death that he died he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So he's already told us, know that you're dead uh, to this mastery of sin. Now he tells us, live in a way that affirms what Christ has done for you. Consider yourselves dead. Count yourselves dead. It's, a, it's an accounting term, but also consider yourselves alive to God. Um, and, and that sets up this, this final thought in verse 12 when Paul says, basically, don't allow the old life more power over you than it deserves. Verse 12, he says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you may obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Here's the question. Is it possible for a person who has placed their faith in Jesus and who proclaims Christ to be their king, is it possible for them to allow sin to reign? And the answer would be yes. I mean, that's what he's saying. He's saying, yes, it's possible, but he's saying, don't let it reign. Because it, it's possible for us as believers to allow the old life more power over us than what it deserves. But notice how it, how it continues. Instead of presenting yourself to sin, he says, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. What does it mean to, to offer? You know, to offer yourselves to God, he, he's talking about pursuing God. That's, that's what I began to do, I think, in my freshman year uh, in college. I began pursuing God. You, you don't allow those tapes from your old life to replay in your head. Uh, you begin to read your Bible. You, you let God's Word transform you. You realize that it's living and active. Uh, you begin to pray. Uh, you, you get involved, you join a small group, and you allow other people to speak into your life. And, and in that process of pursuing God, you, you're developing a sensitivity to what God is doing in your life. And here's what I found. As I did those things, 
those 48-hour cycles when I would try to do things on my own and then I would fall back into sin, the time between those cycles would get longer and longer because now the Spirit of God is, is driving me and the gospel is transforming me. And so he ends with this verse in, in verse 14, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. You know, the first time that I read this chapter, I mean, I was absolutely crushed uh, because I, did, I didn't feel dead to the presence of sin. But as I continued to read the passage and as I realized that I am dead to sin's bondage, that sense of despair turned into an excitement because I saw in this passage that there's actually hope, that my spiritual life doesn't have to be the same shame and, and guilt-driven pattern that many Christians experience. But if I really embrace the gospel, if I really understand what Jesus has done for me, then he sets me on an entirely different trajectory, that I'm no longer stuck in the, the cycle of sin and shame and regret, but rather I'm on a pattern of, of knowing and, and counting and offering myself to God. Ben, thank you again for stepping in here. You know, with that, that, re- that concludes, I guess, two weeks now of reading through Romans. Uh, next week, uh, we have four more weeks total. Uh, next week, we start with Brad White and continue out this chapter six, uh, landing at 623, which is a verse a lot of us know. Uh, next podcast is going to be so, so helpful and so practical. Um, be sure to, to, to listen in. And thank you for listening in. Thank you for listening today and and uh, sticking with us. I don't know if you're listening in the gym, at home, or uh, in your commute to work, wherever it is. Uh, we're very grateful that you're you're here with us. We hope that this is a tool that is uh, helpful uh, for you as you try to look a lot more like Christ, following Him, walking in His ways as we let the Word transform our lives. Ben, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bless you, my friend.